us, land lovers. This here be the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This be an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. Now, this here be the main show episode where we give our further thoughts of the amazing Once Upon a Time episode we watched last Sunday. Now, if you called in or emailed in, you might be hearing your thoughts in the podcast. So keep a ruddy eye out for it. And now, let's take a closer look at all the Once Upon a Time treasure we found. Here is Captain and First Mate of the Once Upon a Time podcast. And now, Captain, permission to come aboard? Come aboard. Yeah. Sorry we were so long in welcoming you aboard. Yeah. Come aboard. I I was busy taking care of something below deck. (laughs) Sorry. All right. No, it wasn't a bad thing. We're here. I was just organizing some stuff. That's all. Welcome, everyone, to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Mm -hmm. I am still Jeff Roney. (laughs) I'm joined by the wondrous and the lovely Colleen Roney. And the first dog lady is having a time tonight. She, she's, she's having just, a day. Anyway, we, we shall not belabor that. No. So welcome, everyone, to the main show for the episode entitled Snow Drifts. Yes. That is multiple drifts. Yes. More than one. Oh, yeah. This is podcast episode 229. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 229. Yes. Uh, now this here be Views from the Deck. Take it away, Cap'n and First Mate. Thank you, Quartermaster Wanforth. We will take it away. And we did watch the episode Snow Drifts, which means we watched half of what was DVR'd. Yes. And then stopped it. Mm-hmm. So I did want to bring up two things. Please Emma do. Emma is a very strong character. She has everything all together. She and and a lot of times people look at the strength of a person that's trudging forward without any anyone telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. And so that has been Emma. But I really I watched really close the discussion that Hook had with Emma in the park with the book. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hook really took her down a peg or two and really talked to her about uh, this New York thing. It's really crazy mm-hmm. because she said, no, we're going to New York because it's safer away from all this craziness. And he said, you broke the curse. You, de- you defeated Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. You defeated Zelina. Mm-hmm. You're saying you're afraid. You're saying New York is going to be safer than... You're crazy. He said it was nonsense. That's true. And so I really... I got to hand it to Hook for really kind of stepping out of his comfort zone. Because when you really... He didn't lay into her, but he really talked to her directly. And he was really kind of batting away all these little things that she kept throwing at him mm-hmm. well it's it's best for henry well it's safer well it's it's this and that 
Exactly. Every excuse she gave him, he came back with, but what about this and what about that? And he, he, he played it very calm, cool, and collect, but you could tell he was kind of a little bit desperate because he's trying to convince her she needs to stay. Yeah. I also wanted to talk about another interesting individual in the show who's always very together, which was I loved watching Rumpelstiltskin's face when Emma and Hook, but specifically Emma, was telling him all these things that were going to happen. Because, first of all, he said to Emma, are you a witch? Right. He's normally dealing with witches and seers and all these different things. And and so he said, well, what's your deal? Are you a (laughs) witch? And she said, no, I'm the the savior. You actually... (laughs) You know, put me in motion to break the curse that you will create. And just watching his face, it was so interesting to see somebody so in control normally who knew a lot more than anybody else. Right. Knew. And and in this case, he knew none of it. And he was actually... (laughs) Kind of surprised, shocked and yeah. surprised most yeah. of the time when this was going on. So it's really funny to watch his face. I think most of the characters' facial expressions in this in this episode were really good. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. You know, Emma's when she saw people that you know here she's she was so excited to see her father and her mother. She was witnessing them meeting for the first time. She's heard the story so many times. You know, she was bored of it, but now she's actually living it. And the excitement and the you know the just the the wonder on her face was was really really quite fun to see. Yeah. And then Hook, even his expressions, he was rather amused when he said, "You know, I know." I mean, even his jealous moments, his just all of it was really well done. It was really well done. We watched. Actually, we purchased the Blu-ray for uh, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. The latest incarnation of the film and we were watching the behind the scenes extras and i had a chance to listen to the greetings from storybrook um podcast about the finale and bill meeks gotta give it to bill he pointed out and i'd forgotten until he started to talk about it all the connections with back to the future and Snowdrift specifically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the breaking of the limb, the falling out of the tree, and Back to the Future, he fell into the street in front of the car, and mm-hmm. but all the little kind of nuances. So it'd be interesting for you guys to watch Back to the Future and then watch Snowdrifts again because this is what Adam and Eddie said the script that they really wanted to write was Back to the Future specifically. Also in the extras for Snowdrifts, they were. I'm sorry, the extras for Back to the Future, they mentioned It's a Wonderful Life. They did. As an homage that Back to the Future was giving. Right. And that is very interesting because that's sort of what Zelina wanted to do in reverse. She wanted to remove Regina from existing. Right. It's a Wonderful Life. Right. It was, what if I had never been born? And you brought up uh, A Christmas Carol. Yeah. The Scrooge story, which... It fits. They all fit well. in, yeah. yeah. They all fit very nicely. So I, I did want to mention that as well. But yes. So did you have any 
other things you want to talk about the episode specific there's great emails and voicemails no, that are coming yeah, up yeah so. i can't think of anything off the top of my head i think once we get into the emails and the voicemail that we'll we'll maybe have a few more comments here and there very good this here be the social media squawks and that includes comments on the blog as well just saying I want to thank everyone who follows us on Twitter, who likes us on Facebook, and who also visits the blog. And there are a lot of times I try my best to get all of the comments and everything, and sometimes I miss them. I'm so sorry. So I would ask that you would visit all those places and interact with these people. You certainly can. Mm -hmm. And one thing, uh, we'll get to that next one. I want to talk about Amanda's uh, post on okay. Facebook. Okay. Uh, it says, Happy uh, Once Upon a Time season finale day and Mother's Day. Of course, just wanted uh, to let you know that this is my favorite podcast ever. Thank you so much, Amanda. Mm-hmm. It's been a fantastic season, and you both are really a part of that. Thank you. That's fantastic. Besides practicing my English, it's very interesting to listen to new points of view and theories about my favorite show. I'm definitely a fan. Hope you have a blast watching the season finale. XO uh, XO from Brazil. We love Brazil. We do. Thank you so much for that. Can't wait for the last two podcasts of se- of the season. And this is the first one. So, Amanda, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. For that. And uh, give big love to Brazil. Exactly. The word that we're sending out to you. I'm afraid I don't know any Portuguese, or I would certainly say something in Portuguese, because that is the primary language in brazil but amanda please please <laughs> translate we send you a lot of love to brazil yes all the brazilian once upon a time fans <laughs> all right this is from laura and she was just kind of tweeting in the moment it says just finished watching the finale wow i'm still in shock the last two minutes oh my gosh so yep kind of an amazing it I, think was, we, I think we all felt that way yeah yeah so we'll talk specifically about that moment, uh, the next main show next week. So uh, for the blog, Rick had an interesting post, and I'm going to let you all know because I need some help with this. Uh, some people who watch this show, Once Upon a Time, they know everything about it. They know where all, everything is from and this kind of thing. So Rick is asking if you do find out where the dragonfly print is. And if you don't remember, I believe it was in The Queen is Dead when we were in the mayor's office and against Mm -hmm. the wall. It was near the table where they were making that potion, the forgetting potion. Gotcha. That Zelina, you could see it against the wall. If you come in the door that says magistrate, magistrate, magistrar, yeah. If you come in that door, it's on the right side. So it's on the inner Mm -hmm. wall there. And it's a really pretty dragonfly print. Um, I looked it up on Google. I found an article about how they did make up the sets and all and the set designer, but it didn't specifically mention that. So I'm asking you guys, if you know where, you can get a hold of... The dragonfly print that was used in that episode on that uh, print on the wall. Please let me know. I'll let Rick know. Yeah. There was actually one I didn't write down. It was another person. And he says, don't make fun of me. And I'm not making fun of this person. 
But they're making Storybrooke out of a train set. Oh, no, that'd be awesome. And what this person wanted to know is really specific plans to the town. So I'm, I'm hoping this person, and I'm sorry I didn't write down your message or your name, but if you're listening to this podcast, I know that you can use Google Earth to mm-hmm. kind of zoom in and, and that kind of a thing. Or what I would do is contact uh, the Steveston, British Columbia town there, and contact them and ask them for a map. There may be a map online, but I think this person wants really specific information, right. so I would contact now, the town if, for sure. If you're talking about the actual uh, Storybrook, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're yes. trying to recreate Storybrook itself, you can still use um, you know, the map of Steveston, but knowing what buildings are where... That's where uh, you'll need a little help with that. Didn't we have at we, one point? We have a map? a map. We have a map. It's not the best. That's why I didn't mention it first. But it's it's pretty good. So you can go to onceuponatimepodcast.com. dot com. Look on the right side. There's a uh, picture. It says "Welcome to Storybrook," and it'll say Storybrook map. If you click on that, it'll have an over uh, overhead view. Of Moncton Street and some of the other side streets. Which is the main, main section yeah. of town anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and for, I'm assuming this person realizes this, but just in case, you know, where they kind of show things on the right. show, those locations are not sometimes anywhere near each other. That's true. Like, for example, Regina's house, mm-hmm. nowhere near the middle of town. Yeah. Gold's house, the mayor's office, not even close. Yep. yep. So these things are they they they're not. It's not all contained within one little tiny town. There's a good portion of it that's there, but not all of it is there. So I, I think I think uh, this person. I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. Uh, I didn't write it down. I think this person just kind of wants to have fun. And that's with, great. With, uh, no, I totally agree. And I think that's town, an awesome thing. So. And, and I would like to see pictures when it's done. Yeah. Honestly, I would yeah. love to see pictures. You know, I mean, we can try and, and at least answer, you know, if there are questions, send an email and we can kind of say, oh, yeah, that's this. Once you look at the map, then we can kind of maybe help with at least some of the answers. Yep. All right. So here we go here. Hi, Captain. I see some email coming our way. We love our emailers as well as our social media squawkers. And our first email, email, our first email comes from my and. Um, really? Yes. Huh. I thought we had something from Amy. Okay. Didn't we? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry about that. My mistake. (laughs) Uh, Amy. Add a comment. It says, I'm a newer fan of your podcast. We love newer fans, and we love fans that are not as new. Yeah. But um, it says, I'm a newer fan of your podcast, but I have quickly grown to love it, especially Colleen's comments about Hook. I agree with her. His hair probably does feel soft as rabbit's fur. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of like to think that it is because, you know. He has beautiful hair. He's got beautiful, beautiful dark black hair. And he, I, I consider him to be black Irish. I don't know if he has that, that um, distinction if his origins, his family came from, you know, Western Europe. Um, 
and emigrated to Ireland years and years and years and years and years ago. But those those blue eyes of that jet black hair, yeah. Thank you, Amy. And (laughs) I think you and Amy have a lot in common. Yes, we do. Especially about Hook. Thank you so much for that email. And I did jump the gun, but we are here. My email is second. Yes, yes. So did you kind of want to touch on some points or shall we? Well, I mean, there's there's so much really good stuff in this email. So you guys, when you when you read it from the show notes, you'll you'll understand what I'm talking yes. about. I mean, I, I think the first thing is you know the fact that she talks about Killian going after Emma and how he offers to do so because he he thinks that she's somebody he's going to listen to or he is somebody she's going to listen to. And then you know the other thing she pointed out, which I thought was really good, was the fact that Henry very rarely trusted anyone with the book. So when he handed it over to Killian, mm-hmm. that was, wow. That was huge trust, which means that he's probably grown to really care for him, which I think is good, and probably sees him as a really good match for his mom. Um, let's see. There was something else. Uh, <laughs> this, she, and she pointed that, I think we pointed this out as well, but I, I do agree with her. She said, you know, his quote, one of these days I'm going to stop chasing this woman, was perfect because we know he didn't even want to go near the barn and tried to actually get Emma to leave, but then he couldn't leave her alone and let her go. And then she falls and he doesn't even hesitate because he can't imagine leaving her alone, which is hilarious because he, you know, said this right as he let go. I think that was kind of funny. Um, let's she, see. She was talking about Emma and the past hook. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, she said it was probably her second favorite scene. in snow drifts. Right. And, uh, Emma knew that she could flirt and get the attention of any hook, past or present or whatever. Right, 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 right. Well, but I, what I thought, too, was interesting was on from Hook's perspective, you know, he wasn't staring at her lasciviously, even past Hook, right? He wasn't I'm lusting looking after up what your name, what that word is, lasciviousness? Yes. Okay. He was not staring after her lustily. Oh. He was not driven by carnal desire shall which we say. one the, the present one or the past one past past or present either okay. one but she compared the fact that both both meetings of emma with present hook back in season two episode five and then again meeting past hook in this you know in this finale here part one of the finale both of them just looked directly in her eyes and they both okay. fell for her at that point. Didn't, you know, in other words, it wasn't, which is totally opposite of Hook because Hook, Hook with every other woman has been all about his, you know, base carnal desires, yeah. not connecting. So the fact that um, in all scenarios, no matter how they meet, she, Emma Swan, and Killian Jones seem to be true love because here he is, he was, you know, Totally hell-bent on vengeance for Mila back in season two. But he took one look at Emma, and that was pretty much kind of took a back... That that whole thing took a back scene. You know? It's just... Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, they... She, he told her in the, in the Echo Cave that he essentially fell in love with her when they met. And it took the kiss to make him realize just how far gone he was. So he, you know... He clearly has very deep, strong, true love feelings for her. 
And right. I think it's reciprocated. And I just don't know that she's, well, maybe now she has finally realized it. And the email also mentioned about the uh, blonde hair. Yes. Which was not his oh, type. Oh, totally not his type at all. But it she it, was his type. She was his type. Not, but again, and the point, what Mike pointed out was the fact that, you know, in, if you look at all the women surrounding him, Mila included, they're all brunettes. They're yep. all dark haired yep. beauties. But then Emma, who is a blonde, steps in and he's just swept away. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was really good. And I think it is her strength, like yeah. we talked about, which makes it even more interesting when Hook basically steps up to her and says, I think you're kind of out there with all this New York stuff. Right, right. So so the only one who really can talk to her yeah. is Hook. Right. I mean, certainly Regina can. Certainly Snow can. Right. Maybe David. but And they might get through. Yeah. The other thing she pointed out with um, with the whole present and past hook at the same time and how he was a little jealous it was hilarious but in a way he was protecting her from his past self he doesn't think that he hook is deserving of emma which speaks to how much he has changed and grown as a character because present hook is knows what past hook is capable of and doesn't want her to be subjected to that right. that shows just how much he's changed you know what i mean if he was still that same lascivious character he would he would have gladly pushed her to himself Do you, i mean yeah it's kind of wacky to say that but the jolly roger had a lot of that too because he was basically wrestling with the old him yeah and yeah, yeah. so that really ties in with this here as well very much so yeah so um i also mentioned that uh gillian gillian wrong show wrong show <laughs> Killian's coat was a mix of a prince and Mr. Darcy from uh, the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Right. And you're film. talking about at the ball. Yes, at the ball. Yeah, at the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, they looked amazing. And I thought it was really funny and, and smart of Rumple to disguise their faces where we saw them as themselves, but everyone else didn't recognize them because they were completely different people. But, um, you know, my does talk about the fact that. Uh, you know, Princess Leia was kind of funny because I guess Adam and Eddie have referred to Emma as Leia and Hook as Han. Mm. So it's kind of a Star Wars thing. Which actually, if you think about their relationship, it very much is Han and Leia, which is kind of funny. Well, and, and Mai has pointed that a number of times. She was kind of the first one that really said, no, this is Han and Leia. This is exactly what this is. Yeah, oh yeah. Just the whole wrestling back and forth. Very much so. Very much so. And then I thought that this is a really good point that, um, you know, Emma is never really, this is my, these are my points and I totally agree, is, you know, Emma never really felt like a princess. So he made sure that her very first experience was nothing short of magical by making her feel like she was just beautiful and stunning. And, you know, he wanted to make sure she, she probably never went to prom. Right, because growing up in foster homes and orphanages, then being there until she was eighteen, don't think she ever went to prom. So he probably, he basically took her to her first dance, and it's just she's you know she was saying that has a lot of meaning for Emma. Plus the huge smile on their faces while they're dancing is very telling, and he gave her confidence in telling her she's natural. So for someone who in the beginning of the episode didn't think she fit in this world, 
Remember she was saying she didn't fit into the whole world. He gave her that confidence in the, at the ball, which is a great point. Totally agree with it. And the other thing I, I wanted to say is I, I usually don't chime in on these types of things, uh-huh. but I'm going to chime in right now. Oh, can't wait. Is this, to me, was a classic romantic fairy tale dance moment. Oh, absolutely. Because you have a guy who you think has been on a boat all this time, drinks far too much rum, really isn't very cultured, and he gets on the dance floor and he nails it. Well, remember his beginnings, and my pointed this out in some of her stray observations, was that he probably learned to dance during his days in the Navy and was flawless at it. But, but, uh, because, because remember, before he was a pirate, he was a naval officer, and he would have learned and been raised with that. Right. He, and so he doesn't, yeah, he's not a, as a general rule, Captain Hook is not a cultured, he's, he's kind of a, Anyway, right, and and I totally get that. But what I'm saying is, is when you look at the story, the the shy girl going mm-hmm. to her first big dance right. goes with somebody that she really cares about, right. and they relate on a level. But she wasn't expecting him to be a great exactly. dancer, exactly. and so it's one of those things where the planets align, and then somehow. He knows how to he dance and her. makes her feel comfortable so that she doesn't have to do the heavy lifting of the dancing, teaching him. It's the opposite, which is a classic fairy tale, surprising twist mm-hmm. in this moment. Well, and let's go back to this just actually sparked. And I, I remembered it and just never said anything about it during our first thoughts. But um, remember David's dream? Yeah. going to talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. Is, yep. When he dreamt that he took her to her first ball, mm-hmm. yep. Hook's the one who took her. Right. Her dad didn't. And I know mean, it was a dream and she has no, no idea about it, but who knows whether she's ever thought about that. But Hook took her to her first ball, which is amazing, and danced with her for her first dance. Yep. So, I mean, that was really very sweet. And that's a very special bonding moment between the two of them. Well, and what's the most important moment at a wedding reception typically the first well, dance first dance right, right. well there's I also just, the father-daughter dance too yeah yeah true which but, <laughs> so, we may see that later well yeah and you know we're, we're kind of putting in certain pieces of this puzzle right but i mean it, it was one of those things where you know it's one of those classic things like you know a rap scallion knows how to waltz who knew? Right, so, right. Anyway. Okay, I love some of my other stray observations, which I think are hilarious. Um, the first one was Midas didn't make the same mistake as Stefan did in not inviting the evil witch to the ball. Right. So for those who aren't recalling who Stefan is, Stefan was Prince uh, Aurora's, Sleeping Beauty's father, King Stefan. He didn't invite Maleficent to the ball. That's what triggered the whole thing. Right. And it wasn't even to a ball. It was to her, coronate, her, it was to her uh, christening. But anyway, same, same thing. Um, and then Emma's face when seeing her parents' interactions was priceless, which we talked about. Emma finally got to see what we um, Captain Swan shippers call the red vest of sex, which I think is hilarious. Because <laughs> okay. it's, you know, even even 
Smee recognized he was wearing different clothes, which we talked about. Well, and I, I did want to go back to Emma just for a second. Yeah. It was interesting for somebody watching this stuff for the first time. Yes, I did enjoy her face, but she was actually kind of giving this play-by-play to Hook. Yeah. Just throughout the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, she was, No, 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 actually. this is... You know, that's snow, and that's da, 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 da. she was telling him all this stuff, right? And I, I thought that that was sweet. I mean, it's a huge moment, and we already talked about this where you're living out what you've read before, right? I mean, that's a huge right. moment, right. but then you are the play by play person for somebody new, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. sharing so that experience great. with mm-hmm. him. I mean, granted. Yeah. She didn't have a whole lot of choice, but she could have just kept that to herself. So I think it was kind of very sweet that she shared that stuff with him. So, yeah. Anyway, um, that's all I had cool. from that. All right. The next email is from Marilyn. All right. It says, hello, Jeff, a Colleen, and Lady. And Lady is sleeping, but Lady <laughs> says hello back. To me, snowdrifts and the subsequent no place like home did not disappoint, and here's why. We had callbacks to memorable scenes from season one, returning characters we haven't seen in a while, great moments of drama, comedy, and romance. The episode was very Captain Swan-centric, and the piece de resistance, we got two hooks. How could it not get any better than that? I was very sad. I was a very satisfied fangirl. Yep. Some random thoughts. Since it is official that the show Intelligence is canceled, I think it's pretty safe to assume that Megan Ori will be back as Ruby next season, hopefully with more screen time. Here, here, I'm with you. But yeah. probably for a different reason. <laughs> yeah, here's your spot to cheer, Jeff. Yay! Woohoo! Yep. Ruby Watch is back on. Uh, but could we please send a shout out to Adam and Eddie to get Josh Holloway on the show? Adam and Eddie. Let's kind of pull some more. Yep, we need Josh. Lost folks on there. We need Josh. I know some people don't like it, but we do. So let's get Josh Holloway on there and Evangeline Lily. Let's get her on there. Yeah, let's just get Josh for now. Evangeline Whoa. Lily. Yeah, yeah. Evangeline. All right, Evangeline. But I, anyway, what she said. I know I've mentioned this before, but we've had other Lost alum make an appearance. So let it be Josh's turn next season. Yeah, I'm rather impressed. That some people are expecting. Impressed? How about surprised? Surprised. Maybe a little surprised? Yeah. That some people are expecting Zelina to return in some form. I could be wrong, but I think she is definitely dead. Or deed. However, Rumpelstiltskin said it. (laughs) Regina said, Regina did say that without her pendant, she was powerless. So she could not have defended herself against Rumpel when he stabbed her with the dagger. Regina also claimed that her death dissolved the tether, holding Zelina's magic independent, and that was what caused her magic held in it to be set free, which then completed the portal spell she had begun. And see, and I had missed that piece somehow, Regina's explanation of why the portal opened. Because I remember thinking to myself, "What, what in the world? How did how did Zelina is that Zelina did Zelina get out? No, it was her magic being tethered to um, independent to her, you know, still while she was alive. But then the minute she was no longer in existence, that's when 
So it, it opened the portal yeah. because it escaped from her pendant. It, it was no longer tethered to this world or any other. We watched a bit of how they said that Doc Brown in Back to the Future was giving these really facts explanations of really scientific things to kind of get the story moving. Right. So that was Regina talking about right. tethering and the pendant yeah. and all that. Right. So right. she was that. All right. I know how much both Hook and Jeff enjoyed Emma's Renfair attire. Boy, it was great. But I'm only talking from the standpoint of the right costuming designer. Let's not. Let's not. Let's Eduardo. not. Eduardo. We, we are men of action. Lies do not become us. All right. Uh, but I was laughing as I watched her tugging, tugging and tugging at that corset responsible for creating the vision of Emma's cleavage that both both hooks so enjoyed. Oh, well. Yes, it and was it was wondrous. It was wondrous. Uh, and other people. When Regina related to Robin the story of Tink, revealing to her that she was destined to be with the man with the lion tattoo, it got me thinking. We now have the major roadblock to Regina's and Robin's romance in the form of his wife, Marion. Well, next season, the knave from Wonderland, played by Michael Socha. Sokka. Sokka. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> will be joining once as a permanent cast member. And before he was known as the knave of hearts, he was known as Will Scarlet as a major character in the tale of Robin Hood and his merry men. Could he possibly have a lion tattoo as well? After all, in the original tale, they were all joined in fight to put Richard the Lionhearted back on the English throne. So I'm curious to know if there could be others with that same lion tattoo. I'm just saying we never did see the face in the tavern. We just assume, like Regina, it was the same tattoo. Well, it was Robin. Robin. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying we... Okay. Da, da, da. Plus, I think it would be very entertaining to see Regina and Will exchange barbed comments. Yes. Sorry, Colleen. I know you like the Red Queen, but I don't think she's coming on the show with him. Which is really rather tragic, if you ask me. I think it'd be really funny to see. Now, it's possible that he does have the same tattoo. It's possible that they all have the same tattoo. However, I'm still going with the fact that it is Robin... And that, uh, yeah, I- I'm going with that. I still think we're going to find that there is uh, going to be something that's going to happen to Marion. It's not going to be an easy thing. I- honestly, high-level predictions, because I don't have any information otherwise, my high-level prediction for this is that Marion um, and Robin, he's going to have to try to work with her, be with her again, kind of like how David committed to Catherine at the beginning of season one, once he got his memories back, or at least kind of knew what was going on with her, not his memory, when he knew what was going on with her, right? Uh-huh. You following me so far? Yeah. You're laughing at me. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. So, so I think what we're going to see is it's not going to be an easy thing. I think right. Robin and Regina will eventually end up together, but I don't think it's going to be a quick and easy thing. And even if, let's say, something tragic happens to Marion, right. and I'm not going to say that Regina is going to do it because I don't think she would. I think Regina will be graceful enough to bow out and let that happen naturally and be – because she wouldn't want to break up a family. It- Right? Even though she wants to be part of that and she she's falling for Robin big time, I think what'll happen is she'll kind of step back and she'll be sad and Robin will be torn and Robin won't know what to do and Robin will do the honorable thing and will go with Marion and something will happen to Marion. And even then, Robin still won't go to Regina 
but Regina will be there to just be his friend. And, and who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I don't believe it's going to be a quick and easy down and dirty. They're no. going to get back together. It's not going to happen like that. But I think they will eventually end up together again. That's well, my prediction. And you, you know, and you bring up the Catherine Mary Margaret situation. Yeah. So we've seen this before. Yeah. Where we new. have this this snag in a perfect yeah, right. some people don't true see it love. that way, but you know, true love relationship. Mm-hmm. And so people work through that. So, anyhow. Exactly. It's real life. I mean, yeah. you know, things don't always happen happy sappy. This is not fairy tale. This is not real fairy tales. It's kind of funny how the fairy tales tell these stories but don't tell you the whole story. I listened to uh, a bunch of the uh, Once Upon a Time podcasts and one of them, I can't remember which one now, mentioned that maybe Marion will know that she was spared and so her sacrifice is to not kill herself but they might there might be a portal and she will go back huh and hmm. like fix it cuz maybe there's a problem that will arise be- beyond <laughs> the I, shock that we all right. had and Regina right. had right so but anyway. i think i think that she will something will happen to her yeah. And it's not going to be a quick and easy re- return for Robin to Regina, especially once he realizes that she was spared from Regina. The first, you know, she was spared, and because now she's spared, now all of a sudden, yeah, it's kind of a crazy once, thing. Once he learns the the truth about what was what happened right. initially right. to Marion, well, or at least what was going to happen, because what we saw is she was sick in the back of that carriage. Who, Marion? Yeah. Okay. So. Well, here's the funny thing. He said to Regina that he was responsible for her death. Right. Because so... she, she was in harm's way and he was stealing something. So. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to find out what exactly that whole scenario is going to be. I think we're going to see what happened. And that's why I think we're going to see, you know, maybe Regina, Regina will apologize, you know, and I think Regina is going to be gracious about the whole thing. She's, she's grown so much. They can't, they can't turn her back to this vengeful, crazy person. That's not going to happen. The other thing too, is we were kind of set up for this in the beginning of the episode when Robin was talking about, I would walk through hell to be reunited with Marion. Exactly. So we know Yes, he loved her. Yeah. Yes, he let her go after she was she died. Right. But that still is part of her. If Daniel could return, and we've already seen this, right. if Daniel could return again, let's say, Regina would try to make it work, even though sure. she let him go right. and let that go. Right. You see, it yeah. would kind of be the same thing. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. How do you, so. I, and that would be a really difficult situation to be in. You know, I would really, right. I, it would be a struggle. It would be really hard to know what to do. Cause no matter what you do, you're going to end up hurting somebody. Right. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's not a fun, not a fun position to be in. And it's, and it's Roland's mother. And right. So there's, there's a lot of edges. And there's, this, and there's nothing so. that says that they won't just, kind of not carbon copy what they did in season one with David and, Mar- and Mary Margaret um, and Catherine. And maybe they'll say, you know what? He's decided he let her go and he wants her to be in Roland's life, but he's not willing to be with her again. Cause now he's in love with Regina. I don't this know. This is what I think. 
I think Robin will go back with Marion. Yep. But I think something will happen to Marion. And I think that Regina and Robin will be friends after that. But then she will do something to try and rescue Marion from some kind of problem. Mm. Marion will die, not of Regina's hand. And then they, I think they'll be reunited at that point because I think that will be a full, 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 full redemption. Yeah. Because she will actually want them to be together. Right. Right. In the yeah. end. So. Yeah. Good point. So. Anyhow. Sorry, Marilyn. We kind of derailed that. Chased a rabbit down a really long hole. But anyway. Yeah. Back so to the email. He. Okay. So Marilyn was talking about. The princess, and I thought she was going to say Diana. I was waiting for it. Oh, yeah. But then she went with Leia, which I thought was great. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I love the Star Wars references that they keep writing in the show for sure. Of course. All right. And she also loved the disappearing pages, a la Back to the Future. And what I didn't know, I need to look at a screen capture. I don't know what picture was left. You know, the rest of those pages were blank. Yeah. There was a picture that was still there. I don't know what I that was. I don't know what picture that was either. So. be interesting yeah. to find out, but anyway. All right. And uh, Emma had pointed to the book saying, I'm not any part of this. She couldn't relate to the book at all, except as a collection of fairy tale stories. So having Emma appear in the book as Princess Leia, when the images came back on the pages, was a great way to symbolize that she did truly belong. True. Yeah. Yep. Jennifer Morrison did an amazing acting job in the finale. She was especially touching when she was begging Rumpel to take the forgetting potion and let Neil die a hero. That's from There's yeah, No yeah, Place yeah. Like Home. Sure. But anyway. And also uh, her relating to Hook that she knew she was always running because there's no place had ever felt like home to her. Uh, but she was equally wonderful in the comedic moments with Hook as in the tavern and on the Jolly Roger. So kudos and standing ovation to Miss Morrison. Yes. And that's true. I think sometimes there's more than one episode, but at least there's one episode where they let a main character just run, just go as far as they can and stretch as far as they can. And they give them as much time as possible. And uh, I agree. I think that's what this one was. Yeah. Leaving the best for last, I love the fact that we got major Captain Swan time in both episodes. And, of course, the ultimate treat of two hooks. <laughs> the scene where the hook pa- president passed in the tavern and on the ship were a hoot. Having Hook jealous of himself is so amusing, especially when Emma went to adjust her... Decolletage. Decolletage. And Hook was so aghast that he yelled, What are you doing? <laughs> and he was so upset at the thought of the past self-romancing Emma. Of course, I love a new sweet romantic side of our hook. His admission that he gave up his beloved ship, the Jolly Roger, for her was definitely swoon-worthy. And we finally got the kiss we were waiting for. But I do hope the writers don't lose the flirty, naughty side of his personality because it's part of his charm and makes his character so enjoyable to watch, besides so devilishly handsome. Looking forward to your main show and hearing what the other podcast listeners have to say. Take care, Marilyn. Thank you so much. Well, I'm just thinking that any perfect relationship has a bump along the way. Of course. (laughs) I don't know that. 
it's going to be smooth forever. I do. I agree with her. I do hope yeah. that they, they keep part of that flirty, naughty side of his nature because that is part of his personality. I mean, that is the hook that we kind of grew to love. But I think especially now with Emma, he's it's even more it would be even sweeter for him to to kind of play still play with her a little bit like that. You know what I mean? Because he was very playful with her. And that was before he was really truly admitting any kind of feelings for her. It was just kind of that was just who he was. But I kind of want to see more. I kind of hope we still see some of that every once in a while. Chuck sent in an email. And it says, I have to give this episode an A+, as I really enjoyed every aspect of the episode. The hidden Mickey, which kind of wasn't hidden, but it was, at the beginning of the episode. It was hidden, quote-unquote. Yeah. (laughs) We had Betamax, and even my mentioned the Betamax tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of people did, actually. Uh, Prince Charles and Princess Leia. Ruby's back. Katrina's back. You mean Catherine. Catherine. That's right. Catherine's back. Uh, Emma disrupting her parents' first meeting, like Marty did in Back to the Future. Yep. It appears that Regina's redemption arc is almost complete, and she is enjoying her own happy ending with Robin. She has defeated evil, has her heart and her true love, and has told Robin about being her true love. I'm curious. He's her true love. He's her true love. Yeah. I'm curious as to how his former wife's death was his fault. All seems perfect for Regina. Check out Emma's face when she first laid eyes on Rumpel. And I did see that. And that was, that was pretty funny. It was something like, what? Yeah. yeah, she kind of freaked a little bit. I'm sure she, I am sure she had no idea that Rumpel would be gold. Yeah. And check out Hook's face when he sees Emma in a corset. Well, yeah. <laughs> Should have seen my face. Anyway. I think everybody was like, well, alrighty then. <laughs> yep. Um, I expect somebody will be doing cosplay of that. You think? Um, I'm thinking. I think they're if I was a good enough seamstress, right if I was yeah. a good enough seamstress, I would totally do it. It's a great costume. We we got a sewing machine. Yeah, I'm not right. a good sewer. But and, um, no, uh, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting because again, he, you know, he mentioned that Regina told Robin that he's her true love. But what I think was interesting is she. I, did she say true love? But I, I know she said we were destined to meet. Yeah. And Tink told me I would that I I would be uh, that we would be destined to be together. So. Oh well, we'll have to watch it again. I guess we'll have to watch it again. Anyway. All right. Enjoyed your first thoughts on this episode. Big love, Chuck. Thank, Thank you, you Chuck, Chuck, so much. Yep. And my dear first mate, I will let you read Brad's email. Oh well, alrighty then. Attention, everyone. Please. (laughs) Hello, Jeff and Colleen. I know I had some disappointments last week, but great Scott. I loved, loved, loved this episode. So let's kick it off first with the things I learned this week in the episode Snow Drifts. Number one, a potluck at Granny's trumps a royal coronation ceremony any day. That is true. Number two, maybe the town hall meetings should have focused on security upgrades for the sheriff's station instead of Regina's evil playground in the woods. I I agree with that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Number three, a good woman is one that can curb t- homicidal tendencies. True. <laughs> that is very true. Now, okay, one thing. Did you notice Belle dressed up like somebody from Scooby-Doo? She was wearing some really cool, hip 60s colors going on. Even that purse. It was a wild-looking purse You color. know what? I'm going to have to go back and look at it. 
I, I don't recall what she was wearing. How crazy is that? No, I'm telling you, I, I got okay, I got I can't some wait to see. Scooby-Doo hip cool clothing flashbacks. Nice. Yeah, nice. I just didn't okay. think about it till now. Uh, number four, real estate is much more reasonable in the Enchanted Forest. That's true. I would like to live there then. Number five, Marty McFly is not a wizard. No. That is absolutely true. No. Um, number six, the sensible pantsuits may have actually calmed Regina down in Storybrooke. True. <laughs> well, I like her. Un- oh, it was pretty funny. I like her unsensible. Anyway. Oh, dude, her right. her Enchanted Forest costumes are amazing. Eduardo Castro is mm-hmm. genius with that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Number seven, you can always blame the rum. For anything and everything. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, hey. Johnny Depp did in in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. But you can hit people and they don't oh, remember yeah, you. Because, and you're from the future. Oh, oh it's, it's awesome. The rum. It's the rum. See? Um, eight. Emma makes a great wench. Oh. Just saying. Oh. <laughs> Believe me. I. Uh, yes, sir. She has a very nice figure, yes. Number nine. Regina's way of opening doors could come in very handy when dealing with public restrooms. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, supermarkets. They don't, she didn't have to hit the little no, rubber she, mat. No, sensor. No, she not just, at all. Phew, there it is. There you go. Number 10. Hook gives a new meaning to the term beating yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, was, don't beat yourself up. Was, oh, you already did. Yeah, too yeah. late. You already did. That was pretty funny. Here are some observations. I might not know that much about Liberace, but I know plenty about Betamax. Ah. We had both a Betamax and VHS player growing up. Well, aren't you fancy, mister? Wow. We used to have to wait for movies like Jaws, Willy Wonka, Superman, and Wizard of Oz to come on TV so we could have them on tape. No Netflix or TiVo back then. We had to pause it in between commercials to cut them out. It was such a hard life. <laughs> and that's the truth because, yeah. you know what? You're right. In order to see those movies, we didn't we didn't have video stores until after VH and VHS. Once VHS kind of came on the market, that's when you started seeing video stores and then you started seeing movies and you could rent a movie that you'd only been able to see in a theater or on TV and on TV. Sometimes they'd edit in them for commercials for time and they cut out some of the best lines or the best parts or stuff that anyway. Yeah, it was, it was tough growing up kids. Let me just tell you. And, And when you stopped and started again, when you stopped a VHS or Betamax from recording, yeah. there were these heads and sides spinning. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't a complete stop. Nope. It slowed down. And so you saw this kind of degeneration of picture. Yeah. Then it stopped. Then when you started getting, then it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just pretty, it was the worst. Crazy. It was pretty crazy. And the, the scary thing is, is that we thought that was bad. Our parents, mm. our parents didn't have any of that option because no. they didn't show those movies on TV, they ended up going to the theater to see them. And if you didn't see it in the theater, you didn't see it. But again, back in the day, movies ran for a full year. They didn't, you know, mm-hmm. a year, sometimes even more. Yep. They didn't run for like, you know, five weeks and then they were done. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bambi made another appearance in this episode. Yes. Um, if characters that have been missing for a while could be explained instead of just having them in the scene like they've always been there, it would seem more realistic. It could have been a vacation, coma, flying monkey, anything. I found it so ridiculous that Abigail has been missing since the return and then just shows up at Granny's hanging out like she hasn't been absent for almost a whole season. It's one of the things that takes me out of the scene every time. And I have to say, I agree with him. I kept waiting. Are we going to see more of Aurora? Is she going to say something? Are we going to meet this baby of hers? Where's Prince Philip? And why in the world is Abigail? And where's Frederick? I mean, these were burning questions I had all in the span of like 30 seconds. 
So I agree with him on because, that. Because Aurora could have been summed up by Grumpy's comment. I'm glad she was in there. Just don't get me yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah, but I yeah. mean, she didn't have to be there. She didn't there have was a no speaking real, part. Right. There was no No one value. was shocked. For instance, I thought, okay, in response to what you're saying, I, I totally yeah, get it. Yeah. The, the people could have said, hey, look, it's Abigail. Hey, look, it's Catherine. She's come back right. from... Her flying monkey coma, whatever. Which we don't even you know, because as far as we know, she was not even a flying monkey. Yeah, she, was she just left there. the she left the guy that did the PE teacher at the school and. Yeah, wh- where was he? She, <laughs> I mean, she so, was so obsessed with him. Anyway, yeah. so back to back to Brad's email. Snowdrift seems to have been brought to us by Apple because they bought a good amount of screen time. I'm actually surprised this iPhone five wasn't listed in the opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. to admit, I agree with you. That was pretty funny. Killing goes through the trouble of hiding in the shadow, but does nothing to hide his hook when talking to Snow in the bottom of his ship. And that is true. His hook's right there in the in the yep. light. And I'm like, how did she not see that? It was I, kind of funny. Maybe she was looking at his face and focusing I, on what you know, he was saying. I don't know. But anyway. Or that 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 bowl of white stones or whatever he was. Yeah, whatever what he was playing were. around with. The forget-me-not and genie bands from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland can be seen in Rumpelstiltskin's palace. And we watched it again, and sure enough, there they are, sitting on the table. Uh, Hook found his eyeglass in Gold Shop a couple weeks ago. Could August's typewriter be on top of the cabinet as well? Could be. That would be interesting. Yep. Although his typewriter was not in the Enchanted Forest. It was in our world to begin with. So I don't know. Right. That's going to be a tricky, interesting... They should change it from Gold's Pawn Shop to Gold's Lost and Found. It's just everything ends up there. Yeah, it pretty much is that. Uh, Burning questions. I am puzzled by the furry object hanging up in the back... background of Rumpel's Castle when Emma and Hook visit with him. What could that be? I, I don't I, know. I That's a good question. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at that. I wasn't paying any attention to the furry thing hanging on the wall in the background. Yep. So I need to figure out if it's, you know, if it's, if it's dark brown fur, it could be a minotaur. It could be a giant buffalo. It could be snuffleupagus. No, I'm, you know, it, it, what what was that? Uh, anyway, I'll have to it look could be back. one of the bears from Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It was some Greek thing. At one That's point, what I'm saying. it was a one of those something. Yeah, yeah. The so. the Minotaur is would be the, the closest thing I could think of. All right, Brian, we're going to check that out. We've yeah. got a few months. <laughs> we'll let <Yeah>. you know <laughs> yeah. when we figure it out. <laughs> we will. Adam, Eddie, I know that you listen every episode. I know you're the first one that downloads. What is that furry thing? What is it? Yeah, could you kind of clue us in on that? Thanks. All righty. Here we go. Aye, Captain. I think we may have some voicemails coming our way. Watch it. Careful. Watch it, lady. She's running away. Oh. There she goes. All right. So uh, I forgot to do, but thank you so much, Brad, for your email. And here is his voicemail. When someone you know accidentally dies and triggers a time portal, you know it's just going to be one of those days. Hello, Jeff and Colleen and Once Upon a Time listeners. This is Brad with my thoughts on snow drifts. At the beginning of this episode, we see that Emma never had a place to call home. 
She knows who she is and who her parents are, but when she reads about their past, all she sees is fairy tales of kings and queens and royal balls and castles, and it's nothing that she can relate to or feel that she is a part of. Although she's been to the Enchanted Forest, she has never seen the people of Storybrooke interacting as if their cursed selves never existed. Up until this point, it has been just stories for her. Emma believes that moving back to New York will give her that sense of home she longs to have, and it appears that she's told everyone in town about it, except for Henry and Regina, the two people it affects the most. I was totally on Regina's side when she called Emma out. She should have been the first person that Emma spoke with about this big decision. Regina was on her A-game when she called out gold for Zelina's disappearance. For once, the whole town isn't blaming her. It reminded me of season one when Grumpy told Sleepy, I ain't getting fired for this. Hook gives some great words of wisdom, and I believe we are seeing glimpses of the man of who he was before becoming a pirate. We have been seeing more and more of his true character and love for Emma as the series continues. I love this adventure that we've been taking on with him. At first, it didn't seem like he had a real purpose to be there, but he has come a long way from the first time we saw him. He's went from wenches and rum to jumping into time portals for the woman he loves. I wonder if we were able to travel back in the past and see our old selves, how many of us would be ashamed of who we were, but satisfied with who we are, and how many of us would long to be that person again that we once were. As we progress in the show, I hope Hook can one day say, Killian is my name, and Hook is who I used to be. Without the use of a DeLorean or a flux capacitor, Emma and Hook travel back in time. It definitely paid homage to Back to the Future in a big way, complete with a reference. Adam and Eddie are big fans of the movie and have even went on record saying it's one of the scripts they wish they would have written. Even parts of this episode were similar to the movie, including the disappearing pages of the book, snow falling out of the tree, Hook seeing himself, the ballroom dancing, and Emma trying to get her parents to fall in love. The time traveling may not have been for everybody, but I'm a huge Back to the Future fan and I absolutely loved it. Watching Emma experience the events that were written in the book was fantastic. The expression on her face when she saw Stillskin for the first time was horrifying. Then when she saw her father and realized where she was, she had this look of amazement because the story she had read was coming to life right before her eyes. Seeing snow in the tree and charming in his royal carriage made it real for her and at that moment it was no longer just a fairy tale. This connection was very important for Emma's development, and I'm glad we got to see it. I expect to see a greater bond between Emma and her parents in the future. Now, I would love to say more, but then it would be bleeding through into the next episode. So until next time. Now, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Brad. He's so amusing. And Don't so get funny. too good with that audio stuff, Mr. Brown. <laughs> no, we want him to. Making That's me fantastic. nervous. Okay, thank you so much for that. And I mean, he's got a good point. What if you could go back? I was and thinking see, about that. See the person that you were. You know? Well, I was thinking in terms of you know the story of my parents meeting. Mm, you know that yeah, I've heard yeah, a thousand yeah. times. I would really like to actually go back and see that actual meeting. See what it really was like. I mean, my parents aren't. I wouldn't say they're, you know, pure, true love. They've had their ups and downs, but at the same time, you know, they've been together for you know, going on, well, coming up on 50 years in the next couple of years. So I'm just saying, I yes. think it'd be real interesting to see what that was, that was really like. Yes. And, you know, I would hope that maybe seeing me younger with a mullet in college would make me remember that life is still anything's possible. 
whether I'm 50 or whether I'm 20, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's so. one of those things you kind of go, if you could go back and you could guarantee that your your former self would not recognize your your you know current self right would you talk to your former self i i don't know i think i've learned a lot i think i've grown so but uh a lot of great things in the voicemail to think about yeah yeah so that's it that's all that's I've all got. The only thing I will, I'm going to give a little bit of a tease. We are not going to take a full hiatus during the hiatus. That's true. I will do little shows here and there. Okay. You may hear interviews from other Once Upon a Time podcasters in our feed. Now you will. Uh, But... You may hear little shows from me here and there, but for sure we are going to be doing a little podcast series, short series. Yes. If you love Disney and if you love Once Upon a Time, you will love it or I think like it a lot. I think so. So. Yeah. That's a tease and I'm not going to tell anymore, but I I will I will say this. There's lots of planning and work going on behind the scenes. Yes. That's all I'll say. We have other things coming, too. Oh, yes. But we won't reveal that just yet. No, no, no. Not just yet. No, you have to contact Rumpelstiltskin or the seer with the eye and the hands to talk Mm -hmm. and ask about that. The blind seer. Mm -hmm. But not not us. Nope. We're going to tell you anything about that because it's a a surprise. Surprises are nice. All right. So thanks, everyone, for all your feedback. Uh, for snow drifts, there's going to be one more main show that we're going to record next week. That is and true. That is going to be for There's No Place Like Home. And then we're officially done with everything from season three. And then we'll do some hiatus fun stuff. Yeah. And gearing up for season four. I, yes. Yes, 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 yes. And I want to say two things really quick and then we will move on is... If you love Disneyland, there is a great podcast. It's called a an audio adventure podcast. It's called Window to the Magic. And this podcast has binaural recordings. Sometimes there's interviews, but most of the time it's binaural recordings of Disneyland. So if you're at work and you want to kind of forget where you're at, you can listen to Window to the Magic and hear... Great binaural recording. Sometimes it's stuff in the past. People contact him from, and they have recordings from like the early 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Stuff that's not there anymore that you can hear. So if you're a huge Disneyland or Disney World fan, then you can listen to that podcast. Yes. And there is a really cool meetup coming at Disneyland. It's called Friends of the Magic. I don't have the date handy with me. But if you check out Window to the Magic, you will be hearing about that. Yes. And until next time, big love out to everybody. Take what you need. Pass it on. And uh, we will be talking at you soon. See you guys. Correct. Well, mates, thank you for joining us for the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This be a Roni's own media production. We want to hear from you. 
Our website be onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our email be feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our voicemail line be 657-333-0626. So tell other oncers that this be the place to be. Until we sail again, big love to you all, and we'll see you later. With me, good eye, of course. <laughs>